Christine Bentley here with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by our newest sponsor, Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Thanks so much for joining us today. We have a great show lined up for you, starting with... Delister Cruz, the Vice President of Wealth at Meridian Credit Union, who is going to talk to us about why women need to take control of their financial well-being. And she's going to give us tips on how we can, in fact, control our finances. Yes, I will be listening closely. Good. (laughs) I'm going to be watching you. I know. Now, most of us would be surprised to know how many Canadians have hepatitis C and don't know because there are often just no symptoms. Dr. Morris Sherman and Sharon Ryder will be joining us to help the Canadian Liver Foundation raise awareness about this uh, can-be-critical health matter. Very. We are going to have movie and TV reviews, as usual, with film critic Anne Brody, and she's also bringing us a special interview with the stars of Indian Horse, which just came out in theatres yesterday. It sheds light on the dark history of Canada's residential schools and the indomitable Mm. spirit of Indigenous people. You will want to stay tuned for that, as we're giving away free double passes to see it. Yes, we are. Now, after casually overhearing several little girls between the ages of five and nine make very negative I am statements. Like, for example, I am fat. I am dumb. Mississauga mother and author Mel Grace decided she was going to do something about it. She has written a positive affirmation book for girls called I Know I Am Beautiful. And she's going to tell us all about uh, the road to that book today. And closing out the show in our live studio sessions, we have Canadian pop duo Tiger and Bloom Mm -hmm. joining us again. They have a brand new single. Yes, they do. And they're going to perform it. It's called She's Electric. Mm -hmm. Now, make sure to connect with us online at whatshesaidtalk.com and join us on Wednesday mornings at 10 for our weekly Facebook Live for your chance to win great prizes from our guest. And of course, uh, you can always download our free Apple podcast and uh, listen to it anytime on the go. We're getting a lot of people listening to our podcast. I know. I checked the stats. Yesterday, (laughs) I I was very happy. That's good. Well, that's a change, right, Alex? (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. What she said, we'll be right back here on 105.9 The Region. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. (sighs) Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. 
Well, as time goes on, so do your financial needs. But the financial planning journey is typically different for men and women. Joining us now is Dillis Cruz, the Vice President of Wealth at Meridian Credit Union, who is here today to talk to us about why women need to take control of their financial well-being. Welcome back to What She Said, Dillis. Thanks for having me. We are so happy to have you on the show as a wealth expert and as our newest sponsor. Yay! And particularly aimed at women. So let's get into that right away. Mm. You say women control about 33% of the wealth in North America today. That's the highest share in history and a number that's growing roughly, what, 8% a year? Right, right. But even still, we're reluctant to invest our money at the same rates as men. Why? Well, you know, that it's it's a really interesting subject. And so before I answer that, because I have some answers to that, uh, I want to give you some stats, which okay. actually boggled my mind. So <clears throat> like you said, one third of all wealth in North America is controlled by women. That's over 1.1 trillion in Canada. And so in 2020, women could control as much as 67% of the assets um, because they're going to have the opportunity to inherit twice. Their parents are passing away, so they're inheriting it that way. And their spouses are passing away because women outlive men, statistically. So they are coming into a lot of money. Um, Almost 40% of women out-earn their husbands. And interestingly, half of those with over $500,000 to invest are women. Um, 90% of females will be the sole decision maker at some point in their life. And 31% of women are primary breadwinners in Canada. Um, And the last piece I thought was interesting, women are creating their own businesses at at twice the rate as, as men. So... The opportunity is huge. Now, contrast this with uh, females are less likely than males to feel financially prepared for their retirement and uh, and in control of their investments. And only 27% of women report feeling financially confident um, relative to 45% of men. So I pause there after putting out all those numbers to say... That is very concerning. Women have all this wealth opportunity and are coming into a lot of wealth, yet they're not feeling financially prepared or confident in their future and how to manage that. So, Dillis, let me ask you, if they're not investing, what are they doing with their money? We're not sure. So, you know, uh, and and the interesting thing is, is that uh, they could be investing, but um, there's majority of women, there's a lot of research to suggest they're not happy with their advisors. Um, they're afraid to go into their advisors. So they might be sitting in GICs or they might be sitting in um, investments that may not get them to where they need to be. Uh, but the bigger issue is, is that they're not happy with the advice they're getting and they're not going in to see advisors uh, because they just feel that um, they're not connecting the way they want to be connected to. Is that the fault, do you think, of the institution not recognizing that the way to engage women is different than men? Yeah, I I personally think the financial services industry has got it wrong and and the stats uh, over and over are showing that. And so there is a lot of focus on uh, what is it that women want. And so, um, you know, again, there was a great study done by uh, strategymarketing.ca. So I pulled a lot of this information from there. And part of the problem is, is that women don't feel heard. So it's not complex. It's just men and women um, communicate differently and want different things. And so I don't really like always, um, you know, kind of bucketing women in a certain kind of way. But the reality is, is that when for especially on investing, quite often men are much more about, um, you know, what are the returns and what are the investments and I want to outperform the market. And I'm not saying all men are like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas women much more, I want to connect with you. I want you to know what stage of life I'm 
and I want you to know what my stresses are, what my worries are, and connect with me from a life perspective, and then give me advice um, to as to how I can, you know, um, either conquer these fears or accomplish my goals. So there's much more of a relationship component, um, and given that 85% of uh, investment advisors are men. And, mm-hmm. you know, John Gray, the author of, you know, Men Are From Mars, Mars Women, Women Are From, from Venus. Venus. Okay, yep. there's a communication issue. We all know that. So yep. it's really about communication um, because a lot of the stats also su- suggested that although that there is a high percentage of male advisors, it's not that women want a male advisor. Um, you know, 7% of women said it doesn't matter. Like, I, I, actually, 7% said they would want a woman investor um, advisor, but the rest said it doesn't matter. Just connect with me. You know, build mm-hmm. a relationship, build a rapport, um, and, and get to know me. And, and that's what financial industry, we're missing. As advisors, we're missing that. But you aren't completely missing that at Meridian. I mean, I'm sure that you have changed things up in the last number of years to to focus on that. Yeah. And so thanks for that that uh, segue, because we have 50% of our advisors are women. And, you know, we take a broader stance. It's really about our whole investing approach is about getting personal. Sit down and understand whoever is in front of you, whether it's male or female, get to know them personally, get to understand what they want to achieve and then build a financial plan around them. It's not about going into the bravado and the markets and how you're going to outperform. It's really build that relationship and get to know the person and then come up with a plan. Historically, we've been told that women are more risk averse. Mm-hmm. Is that changing? Is that now stereotype? Yeah, so that's a myth. So there's a few myths, um, and a couple. One of them is women are more risk averse. Uh, it's not that women are more risk averse. They will they take calculated risk. They will take much more balanced risk. They'll also look at where am I in my life, and what does that risk in investments mean to where I am in my life. So it's much more balanced. And and there is some uh, research to suggest that women outperform men in the long term in terms of their investments because they're taking a more balanced approach. So I don't want this mm. to be about a women-men thing, women-men thing. Um, but I think that women do think differently, and that is absolutely a myth about women not wanting to take risk. It's just a different type of risk. Okay, before we go away from that women-men <laughs> women men thing, what about the gender wage gap? I mean, we... we you know, we know it's what eighty-seven cents. Stats Canada mm-hmm. says the women still earn eighty-seven cents yeah. on the dollar. Yeah. Uh, we have a longer life expectancy, as you said. We have breaks in our careers to care for children or our parents. Mm-hmm. So, how do we create a plan and find clear objectives when we have all those issues? I think it's really important with that wage gap, and that's a whole other topic. But I think that it does actually uh, impact you because of the the different differential mm-hmm. in terms of what you're actually going to end up at retirement. So it's firstly we got to get rid of that wage gap first and foremost. That we would be get, good. <laughs> we get rid of that wage gap, but understanding it is still there. Uh, that your advisor has to take that into consideration, not necessarily taking the wage gap in, but how how can we get you to where you need to be uh, at the end of retirement or or whatever your goal is. So has to be taken into consideration. It's hard, I think, for women to estimate. I think it's hard for anyone to estimate what they really need for retirement. There are stats and they change, I guess, depending on your um, what you want to do mm-hmm. for the next 20, 30 years. Yeah. Because retirement's changing for many people. Yeah, and that's a really good point because I actually just sat down with my advisor going through it. And we all go through different life stages, right? Different things. You might go through a divorce. You might um, lose a job. And so what you thought five years ago, 
10 years ago in terms of what you want out of retirement might look very different. Also, as you get up there in age two, you might tweak it. Um, and so I think it's important that you are reevaluating your plan regularly and rechecking in. And your advisor should be doing that. Just checkpoints, having that communication and knowing what life stages are or things that are going on in your life so that you can say, I need to tweak it. Maybe I'm going through a financially difficult time right now. I'm not going to be able to put away what I thought I was going to put away. Um, and so how do I get there? Or do I pause? Or, or do I kind of change what I want out of my retirement. So what are the differences then between men and women when they look at, you were saying that women typically, uh, not all of them, but a a larger percentage don't feel secure about their uh, having enough money for their Mm -hmm. retirement. Mm -hmm. Is it sort of like the job thing where men figure, okay, I've got two of the 10 things they need. I'm I'm a (laughs) shoo-in. And women go, I only have nine and a half, so I better not apply. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it, I mean... Is, is there a difference in how men and women perceive having enough? Yeah, well, I, I, I totally think it is. I think it's just about, um, firstly, men think differently. So, um, you know, the two out of the 10 thing is ap- absolutely appropriate. It's a confidence factor, too. They have way more confidence than women, even though women would say, you know, I'm not financially confident. Men may not may have the same level and say they're more confident. So I do think there's a different style in terms of how people think and what they want. Um, but I think that all has to come into consideration. Sitting with an advisor that's actually going to get to know you and understand you will cut through that and, and reassure you as well and help you get to that path. I think the also the difference um, about Meridian being a credit union is because you're member owned. You're not accountable to shareholders. So you have their your members' best interests at heart. Oh right? yeah, yeah, and everything we do, and you know, we're talking about um, a, you know investing right now, but I, it really, your financial well-being is about everything, right? It's mm-hmm. about uh, your day-to-day living. It's about credit, um, and so we pride ourselves on always doing what's on the best interest for our members. We're not shareholder-owned, so uh, we don't have to deliver certain results to our shareholders, and so we always put our members first in terms of what is the right product or service that mm-hmm. is going to help them achieve their goals. Versus, I'm going to product push because it's you know, it's going to drive more revenue. So question for anyone who's reticent, anyone who's listening, anyone who's thinking, I really should do that, but I don't want to walk in because then they're going to think that I, I, then I have to, I have to invest. Is it okay to come in and have an appointment and see how you, how you click with somebody? Yeah. And and that's what I was going to say. If I was to leave you with some takeaways, definitely everybody needs to go see an advisor. doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what stage you're at. And so this whole term wealth can be intimidating. It doesn't matter what stage you're at. Go see an advisor and they can help you get on your path or they can help you where you're at or they can tweak where you're at based on, you know, your financial situation and where you want to go. Now, if you're married, here's what I'm going to say to you. You still should go see an advisor, but make sure that you're at least getting in with your spouse to your advisor. Advisor. Um, you want those joint meetings. Don't abdicate that that financial responsibility to your spouse um, because if they're not around, and we've talked about this beforehand, you can just be overwhelmed. So make sure that you are attending with your spouse any um, meetings that he is having mm-hmm. with his advisor so that you are fully informed and you know your viewpoint is taken into consideration. And the website is for people to connect with you? www.meridiancu.ca. Uh, go in there and feel free to check out uh, our advisors uh, in your location. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. What she said said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. 
Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. Does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? Did you know that there are literally thousands of Canadians walking around with a potentially fatal disease that often presents absolutely no symptoms and they have no idea. Joining us now is someone who used to be one of those Canadians, Sharon Ryder, as well as Dr. Maura Sherman from the University Health Network. Welcome to what she said. Thank you. Dr. Sherman, what disease are we talking about? We're talking here about hepatitis C, a liver disease that, as you suggest, infects hundreds of thousands of, well, not hundreds of thousands, thousands of, of Canadians. How dangerous is this, and who is most at risk? The disease is progressive in everyone. So even if you have no symptoms now, at some point, if you live long enough, your liver will start to give you problems. And so really, it's everybody who has hepatitis C who is at risk of developing problems. The next question is, who has hepatitis C? The biggest population that has hepatitis C are immigrants, people who come from other countries where hepatitis C is very common. But if you look at overall, the highest incidence is amongst people who were born between 1945 and 1975. That's not to say if you were born before or after those dates, there's no risk. But within uh, those two dates is the highest prevalence of hepatitis C. So how do you get hepatitis C? In, when hepatitis C was first discovered, it was a post-transfusion infection. And then people said, oh, well, you get it from blood-to-blood exposure, so injection drug users, people who were transfused, people who got infected medical procedures. In fact, infected medical procedures, particularly in third-world countries, is the most common source of hepatitis C around the world. And even in North America, back in the 1950s, when we were still using glass syringes and non-disposable needles, there was transmission between people who had no other risk factors, simply the fact that they had a medical procedure. And sometimes those procedures were just vaccination. That doesn't happen anymore, but back then it did. Pretty scary to find out that you've been living with something you knew nothing about. And this is exactly your experience, Sharon. 23 years? Yes. Um, When I was 16 years old, I had a blood transfusion because um, I I had back surgery and I needed a blood transfusion. And then what happened was... um, 23 years went by. I was married, two children, had no idea that I was ill. Um, I started to to 
get more back pain. So then I went to the doctor and I needed to have two more back surgeries. So they did a lot of preliminary testing um, before the surgery. And it was then that they determined that I had this virus hepatitis C. I'd never heard of it before. I had no idea. And I had it for 23 years. So what was your what was your reaction? Well, terrified because I had my husband and my two children, and I was very afraid that I might have um, given it to them. Now, um, thankfully, that didn't happen. They were all tested. Everybody was fine. But I was now, um, you know, getting ready to go in to have two more surgeries on my back, and now I have a new thing, hepatitis C virus. Is it? In, it's not infectious, is it? Well, it is. It's an infectious disease, but it's not highly infectious. It's not something you get from casual contact. You really need blood-to-blood contact for the most part. Uh Can it go from mother to child? It can, but that's a rare event. Okay. So, Sharon, then what? Did you do... You did you have the surgery first or get treatment first? How did so what, what happened? happened then? I, I had the two back surgeries, um, focused on that, and then still I had no symptoms to do with hepatitis C. But as the years progressed, I um, increasingly got more tired, and truly, even then, I didn't go to the doctor about it because I was a mom, a working full time, a husband, busy, and being tired just seemed like. That's what happens to mothers. (laughs) So, again, I had no idea um, till one day when I had a physical and I explained how tired I was. They did some more testing. And then, um, then, you know, this is is what happened. So, Dr. Sherman, it it says that that it can be asymptomatic, but tiredness is, is one symptom. Are there any other things that people should be looking out for? For the most part, people who have hepatitis C have no symptoms whatsoever. However, there are a lot of people with hepatitis C who have fatigue as a symptom. The big question is, is that due to the hepatitis C or something else? A lot of the the people who get hepatitis C have other reasons for complaining of fatigue. So, for example, mm-hmm. immigrants coming to a new country, young mothers with young children. Mm-hmm. Variety, but the fact is that the majority, the vast majority, have no symptoms whatsoever until the liver starts to fail. I know that there's a big push to raise awareness about this. Is it because after a certain point, um, the chances of being cured or, or reversing the symptoms are, are just minimal? That's a very late point. But yes, there, there is, it would be rare for a patient to be undiagnosed at that late stage. The main reason for the push to raise awareness is that, first of all, there may be as many as 100,000 people out there who have undiagnosed hepatitis C. We don't really know the numbers. But the second reason is that we have excellent treatment today, which will cure the disease in more than 95% of all people. And so we have a disease that is potentially fatal. We have a treatment which is curative. We can prevent all of this if we find the patients and treat them. What is the cure? I, I, I have heard that the cure is pretty recent. Well, treatment has always been able to cure, although in the past with the old interferon treatment, it, was, it didn't happen very often. But when it happened, it was a cure when, when treatment mm-hmm. worked. Today, we have treatment that is much more effective. So in the interferon era, we were curing maybe 30 40% of people we treated, and it was tough treatment to take. Mm-hmm. Today, it's one tablet once a day, Three months maximum for most patients. Some patients need need some additional treatment. And the cure rate is better than 90%. And these treatments today have no side effects. 
so people are not feeling ill or or did you undergo that Sharon? Yes, I actually I first took the interferon treatment and it was very very difficult. I was sick all the time. My hair was thinning. Um, it was just dreadful and after doing that it didn't work for me. So years passed and the new treatment came about. I took the drugs um, for myself, I took it four months. Usually it's three months, but I just needed it a little bit longer. And um, I'm happy to say I'm cured. And when I took that treatment, I had absolutely no symptoms at all. I, I didn't side effects. I didn't have any. And it was simply taking, for me, two pills a day and four months later, completely cured. Is there anyone who cannot get the new treatment, the, 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 the th- three months of pills? In Ontario, there are still restrictions on reimbursement. Usually the insurance companies follow the province's uh, restrictions. The restrictions that the province has on payment has to do with the severity of the underlying liver disease. There's four stages that we talk about, and the province will currently pay for patients who are stage two and higher, unless there's some other coexisting conditions that will allow them to be treated with lesser stage disease. However, next year, the understanding is that um, they're going to open the floodgates and allow every, everybody to be treated. So is there a, a screening process? There's no official screening process. Uh, the Canadian Liver Foundation has recommended that anybody born between 1945 and 1975 should undergo just once, have a blood test, simple blood test, and be screened for hepatitis C. That way we should find the majority of patients who are actively infected and who could then be candidates for treatment. If you had one quick message for our listeners out there, what would each of you say? Sharon? I would say go to liver.ca and there's a quick questionnaire to do there to see if you should go and have the blood test. It's one blood test. It saved my life. And you, Dr. Sherman? Oh, I would certainly agree with that. I think the most important thing is to get tested. It's simple. It's easy. You can get it done as part of your annual physical. And if you've got it, we can easily treat you. We can cure you. And it's not a lifelong problem. That's liver.ca. And if it's left untreated, it can lead to well, scarring, cirrhosis of the liver, cancer, and, and even and death. liver failure, death, need for liver transplant. The liver, I know, regenerates itself to some extent, but mm. with that kind of damage, it's not going to be good. Correct. There's a point of no return. I mean, if we catch it, even some patients who have started to have liver failure, if we catch them, treat the hepatitis C, some of that recovers. Patients who've been on the list for a liver transplant have been able to be taken off the list because of treatment. Not everybody, as I said, there's a point of no return. Um, Hepatitis C has become one of the most common reasons for requiring a liver transplant. Well, thank you very much for coming in and helping to raise awareness of this issue. And we're so glad you're well and healthy, Sharon. Thank you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. 
Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Saturday night at the movies, who cares what picture you see? When you're with your baby, let's roll in the balcony. Joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies, brought to you this week by Elevation Pictures, is our film critic, Anne Brody. And we are excited about this first film, Indian Horse, is out this weekend. So what did, what did you think? Oh, my God, it's so good. It's a, the, a Canadian First Nations story about a, a boy who comes up through the residential schools mm-hmm. era. Very cruel time that only just ended 20 years ago. Um, and he, he finds release from all the horrors of that in hockey. And so he, he grows up. We see him at three different stages of his life, three different unknown and terrific actors. Um, so, you know, we see how he deals with all the pain that the subsidiary pain that comes with having been in the schools, quite considerable, a lot for, for everyone who was there. Um, you know, and he goes through alcoholism, depression, all of these things. But uh, in the end, he finds community. So it's really inspiring. It's really good. Now, you have an interview with Forrest Goodluck and Ajuak Kappa. She said, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I tried. They star in the film. He, he tried to tell me how to do it, but it, it was a big rush. So I, I just couldn't. So I would just go, hello. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let, let's take a listen to that interview. The film... I got to tell you, I don't know whether you've heard this or not, but everybody loves the film. Thank you. It is so Thank you. moving and so well done and sharp. Um, is it a true story? Um, it's based on true stories, is on how I would describe stories. it. Yes, yes. Um, so Saul himself is a fictional character, but he's he really is a lot of people. You know, um, it's a story that is. That, that comes from a history of, of Native people that a lot of people can relate to and understand and have, have had similar experiences. When, once you step foot in that character, it was hard to like let him rest because he's somebody who, who in his mind, doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible. But you have to deal with it in but your you own do. way. Yeah. Did it lead to a little bit of depression, sadness? It was something that I think, I, I wouldn't say depression or sadness, but it was... Um, living with that reality because I think when you because as Indian people like we kind of know like what's happened and and that those schools existed but you're able to kind of accept it and live your life but then when you're playing the character you you live in it and it was Mm -hmm. an amazing experience for me because it got me to open my soul up to really feel what it's like to be a person like that who who not like me who 
is playing the person. When I'm done with the film, I'm able to leave it behind and be the actor and live my life. Like there are people who actually still feel that heaviness of their soul. And it's something that was really enlightened me to what that experience is like. Do you want to comment? Yeah, no. Um, I think uh, in my experience, I, I've had a lot of family members that went through the schools, um, like direct family members. So it was, um, it was, it was really, it was, it was something that I had learned about growing up and heard about, um, but it was a very different experience being on set with it and, and seeing it, you know, seeing the, the kids in, in their uh, uniforms and seeing the, the priests and the nuns walk around the school. Um, and the hair all chopped off. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, to say it was heavy would, would be to put it lightly. You know, it was, um, yeah, and there, there were times when it was, it was kind of hard sometimes to, to step away from it because it's something that's tied so close to who I am and where I grew up and things like that. I mean, uh, it's not something that's, that's the focus of the film, but uh, the language aspect. Um, I, I speak some Ojibwe, I don't speak much Cree, um, those are the two languages of my communities, but I don't partially because of the schools. You know, um, the schools right. made it nearly impossible for a lot of people to use their language. And so me, just like many other Native people, don't have that aspect because, directly because of the schools. So it was, um, it, it was, it was hard, you know, going to set every day and, and kind of doing that. But as, as a professional, you have to be able to divorce yourself from it a little bit to kind of get through it. That's the hope with this film, that, that people get to see it who wouldn't necessarily ever learn about the story or, or pay any attention to it. Because as, as we've been talking about, it's, it's, um, film is a very uh, accessible medium to a lot of people in, in ways that, uh, it, it, it's, it's so easy, just, just come to the movie, come and learn about it. That's right. Yeah. I can also see schools showing it to the students. That's kind of the Wouldn't plan. Awesome? I think um, actually they're putting Indian Horse, the novel, into the curriculum of a lot of schools across Canada. Mm -hmm. So it's wow. something that I'm so excited about because yeah. like this is, I feel like the first film, not the first film, but it's a film that is gonna start this waterfall of like indigenous stories. And it's something that is so beautiful because for one, I'd never seen a film with so many Indians before. Mm -hmm. And there's like the, the father character, the father figure character in the film who's like super goofy and just brings so much of himself to it. And then there's our our like surrogate like brother, mm -hmm. like Virgil, who's yeah. played by Will Strongheart, who like brings who his character was raised well by his parents and he's just like really sweet and strong and you get that side of it of like what is it like to be Indian but like you come from really good parents and you get his his spirit in the film and then you get us who are who are kind of broken but still retain the culture and retain the uh, passion of hockey and it's not like and it's like having a film that's molded together with all these different personalities and like the humor of the team the moose who are who are like all having like we're just kind of like just hanging out and yeah like having fun on set and you get Bro. that flavor yeah. so exactly yeah. like broing out mm -hmm. <laughs> and um you get so many of our stories in just the few scenes that all these little voices had and i think that was something that was so important for me yeah about this film is you get a taste of a ton of different indian people yeah i, I think it was like the book itself obviously is an amazing book that uh, I think is, is very truthful to, to a, a Native experience. And Steve Campanelli, the director, he was very faithful to it um, in, in, the, in the film, bringing that to life. It was, it was like 
it was like reading the book again when I read the script and everything. And it was just, it was so nice to see all of that authenticity and, and, and loyalty to the source material shine through. And then it really shines through in the characters. People like, you know, Will Strongheart, Vance Banzo, Lynn. Tristan Marty. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's great to see all of these native artists come into this project and, and really bring something real to it mm -hmm. in, in a way that I haven't really seen in a lot of projects. So it's, it was really exciting to be a part of. Super cool. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. Awesome. You know, and I'll tell you, Forrest, the young fellow with the big, big smile and the short hair, he played Leonardo DiCaprio's son in The Revenant. Mm. And so he's, uh, he told me a few secrets. And we should uh, mention that we're giving away double passes to see Indian Horse, thanks to Elevation Pictures. Go to whatshesaidtalk.com to enter. Uh, and we were at the advanced screening of Finding Your Feet on Wednesday night, thanks to E1 Films. What a riot. What did you think? Isn't it fun? Yeah. It's so cute. It's about a couple of sisters who get together after not speaking for years and years, and they're both at these seminal points in their life where something good or bad might happen. And... Uh, but they sort it through dance. Who ever heard of that? <laughs> Are you kidding? My life was all about dance for as my children were growing up. Dance is, dance is important. So I can see them coming back to it uh, in, 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 later, in later life because they've sort of dropped it a uh, bit now. Yes. Um, now, I wanted to uh, talk to you. We should remind you that you're listening <clears throat> to what she said right here on 105.9 The Region. And now Joaquin Phoenix, he, he, like, they, he's really going for broke in, in you were never really here. But the first few reviews I've seen are, it's like, could this go from depressing turn to more depressing turn to even more depressing turn? If you think back to some of the really highly acclaimed films from the past, like Taxi Driver, mm -hmm. this has a lot of similarities to it. So it's a tough slog for people who aren't used to the violence and craziness of trying to infiltrate a child sex trafficking ring the way his character is you know it'll be uncomfortable but as a matter of fact when I came out of the screening with the other critics they were pretty much divided 50-50 the women liked it more than the men really yeah so it's quite astonishing and I look at Joaquin Phoenix and he's, he has this gray beard and he's such an accomplished actor and I interviewed him first when he was 10 or 11 and he had a terrible cold and he was <laughs> just this little kid had been dragged into a junket. So to see him become what he's become is just incredibly mm -hmm. moving. Borg versus McEnroe, uh, 1980. That was uh, that was quite the Wimbledon. No kidding. <clears throat> of course, uh, Borg had won four previous Wimbledons, and mm -hmm. he was going up against this upstart played by Shia LaBeouf, who was just tremendously jealous of Borg. And Borg always appeared kind of icy and blank, mm -hmm. didn't you think? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess he was hiding a lot because when he was young, people said he wasn't in his right mind and he was, he was a bad child. Um, and he kept all of that hidden inside. He was seething the whole time. So I'm not going to tell people – well, I suppose you can find out if you look on Wikipedia. But the – match is so intense and it's two hours of this match leading up to this match but I will say that now in later life they're best friends. Wow. Are we all going to cry when we see Lean, Lean on, on Pete? Pete? Yeah. Oh. If you're weepy then. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's about a boy who has to get out of his situation. They're going to kill his horse because he injures his foot. His horse is called Pete. So he decides to kidnap the horse and 
walk up to Wyoming from wherever they are in, in the south. Uh, and, of course, it's uh, one of these odysseys that he comes across, every kind of character crossing the spectrum of good and evil in every situation. Uh, he's trying to find his aunt, who he last saw 10 years earlier. Um, just absolutely heartbreaking. He and his horse crossing the desert by themselves with one jar of water. And the performance by Charlie Plummer, No Relation, is spectacular. Now, Sweet Country won a whole lot of awards in Venice, TIFF, all kinds of stuff. Tell us about that. I couldn't watch it. You couldn't watch it? No, it was just too violent. To uh, The child rape... Um, uh, abuse, racism, um, murder, bullying. It was, I gave it a shot. I think I watched it for about a half hour or so, but it was just so violent. It's Well, I because I, I grew up in Australia, I'm like more than familiar yeah. with, the, with the story. I mean, it explores what the genesis of contemporary Australian racism and it talks about the generational neglect of the Aboriginal people. Sam Neill is always... Oh, he's, Just an excellent yeah. actor, and yeah, I think he he'd be the perfect for this. Yeah, who b- brings some good into it. All right. Well, thank you very much, Annie. You're welcome. And we'll talk to you again next week. And whatever you didn't talk about is on our website. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. (sighs) Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. This is 105.9 The Region. That she could ever cry when she's so, so beautiful, so beautiful, so wonderful, so wonderful. You need to know. Well, positive affirmations are something that we often begin after we've already been hurt or broken. Joining us is a Mississauga mother and author, Mel Grace, whose new book, I Know I Am Beautiful, aims to empower girls before anything or anyone outside can negatively affect their self-esteem. Welcome to What She Said, Mel. Thank you very much. How are you guys today? Great. (laughs) We're great. Um, You know, you you spent, what, seven years coaching women in fitness and weight management. Yes. Um, But something happened um, in in a dressing room, in a changing room, that made you uh, or created the desire for you to begin guiding girls about their inner self-worth and beauty. Tell us what happened. Actually, this happened throughout a week, a bizarre week, where I was hearing young girls, and I'm saying from age five to nine, saying negative, I am, like, I am this, I am dumb, I am fat. 
And I, I was like, no, <laughs> no, it starts, you can't say that. And I mean, as a mother, I know there's a boundary. I can't just go talk to them and say, you know. So as a writer, I knew I'm going to write something. How do I reach girls? And um, start there. Um, so I thought of affirmations. And on my Instagram, I do positive memes, affirmations. And, um, but, you know, that's an adult audience. Mm-hmm. So I thought, how can I reach young girls? I have boys. I'm a mm-hmm. mother, but I have two boys. So, yeah, um, I was, was going to say that because you have two sons. How old yes, are they? They are 12 and 9, turning okay. 13 in. So you're sort of saying, like, what do I know from girls, right? Exactly. Like, I mean, growing up, I was a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little girl at one point. And we all have an inner child inside of us. And that little girl is still inside. All of us as women. But you yes. never heard your sons say things like that. I hear them say other things, which I am okay. actually writing Another um, book another, about yes, <laughs> yeah. So yes. where do you think this comes from? I mean, I've seen, I've heard mothers tell me that their f- six-year-old wants to go on a diet. Yes. So I think, I mean, even we remember growing up, we're inundated. As soon as you you get a doll, as soon as you get a Barbie, you see what beauty is, what's beautiful. Um, as soon as you start watching Disney movies, that's a beautiful princess. Oh. That's what a beautiful princess looks like. So you get inundated even more now because we have social media, Instagram. And although there are campaigns like Dove has that show women of all sizes, colors, Mm -hmm. and say this is beautiful, I still feel like that is still focusing on the outer. And I think it starts within. So for moms who maybe have noticed this or grandmothers who've noticed this in their grandchildren, tell us how the book is set up. So what I did was I wanted to format it first, even how uh, the sizing of the lettering for an early beginner. Mm-hmm. And we also know that repetition mm-hmm. um, is a great way to learn and to program. And children are sponges. So what I did was I wanted to create poetic or rhyming affirmations, something that you can memorize. I only did 10. And they all end in I know I am beautiful. Because the truth is beauty is something you are. Mm-hmm. It's not something you look like because there's so many ways to look and we can change our looks so easily now. Um, not well, depending. There's money involved. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, we have beauty gurus who will teach you how to do your makeup perfectly. And so little girls are seeing all of this. But so I think we're, they're just being guided away. And I just my mission was to guide them back inside. Know you're beautiful. So I start with mirror, mirror on the wall. I know I am beautiful. And that's how the affirmations start. Look and know you're beautiful and then take it from there. Explain how affirmations work. So affirmations is really using the power of word and then the power of thought to program yourself. And a lot of, like you said in the beginning, a lot of people start after, after they've already been hurt, after they've been broken sometimes, trying to reprogram their mind and say, no, I am worth it or, you know, There's many affirmations. I am powerful. I am strong. This way, what I wanted to do with this book was create something that is repetitive, that um, can be fun to say into the mirror with a child. Um, And even as a woman, I actually use it because I don't feel so great. (laughs) And I will remind myself, look at my book and say, I know I am beautiful. In and out, head to toe. I know I am beautiful. Center myself. Ground. I saw an ad for um, Calvin Klein all along Richmond, and it's like 20 feet tall, and it's a young girl, tons of makeup. She's probably 12 with the perfect body. And I thought, like, a young girl driving by in a car would think, I don't look like that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, is that 
we have so many ways to change our outer beauty. And, and, I'm, not, and I'm not against it. Appearance is appearance. That's outer. But that should be... The fact that we can change things so easily now is even more of an indication of, well, what's inside must be what's the important thing. Because you can actually, people can construct, construct themselves to look like someone if they like. Um, I'm not for or against anything like that, but I, I just wanted to re-guide, just guide the girls back inside. Guide the, them back inside. The book also includes a, a special to and from message page, yes. as well as seven empty mirror images. Yes. So is that for the reader to yes. express themselves in? Absolutely. So the reason I chose to put in a to and from, because you know when you get a gift for someone, you try to find somewhere to write and scribble, and I wanted to, this to be given as a gift. Mm-hmm. You can buy it for yourself, and I have women who have bought it for themselves as women. But to have, so that person is personalized for that person. This is for you, and here's a special message about you. So it's personalized. The, the empty mirrors were to, again, to strengthen the affirmations. So they can, you can go in, it can be like a diary. If you're not feeling so great that day, no, I am beautiful. Here's the reasons why. Uh, it's for little girls. They can draw into it. They can draw a picture of themselves. It's yeah. how are you like to use the mirrors, yes. What has the reaction been so far? It has been amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm so grateful because this, this was something I felt very guided to do. And I actually sat on the idea for a second. And then one day, and actually this is, I never told anyone this, but um, at the library, uh, there's the DVD section. And there's a cart that just has DVDs that, were, that have to be put back. And there was one that was flat, so I couldn't see the top of it. And I just happened to pick it up, and it was Mirror Mirror. <laughs> that was the name of the movie. And I thought, you have to create this. Um, And definitely, again, hearing young girls in the mall, um, at the store, at the grocery store, just hearing them say these things. Like, I have to create something that they can touch, feel, that isn't online, that they can keep with them small, a reminder. So is the next one for boys? I wouldn't say it's for boys, um, but it would, it would, it can, it's for all, for all children. It's called I Know I Am Smart. And this is because of the learning disabilities different ways of learning. I'm hearing a lot of kids think they are say they are dumb. I'm, I'm not smart enough. Because they don't learn because in the, the traditional same. way. Thank you. And I said, no, everyone is smart because we all learn in different ways. And someone and who may know more than you, they took maybe took a different approach. You're on a mission. Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I, I am. A self-esteem mission. And I think I it's wonderful. It, it means a lot to me. And I feel like the impact, once we start impacting young, it can have an impact on Bullying, you know, anxiety. The more children can learn, you know what? What makes me special is inside. I believe how they treat each other, treat themselves, and therefore how you treat each other can change. Mm-hmm. Are you still teaching, uh, coaching women? In um, No, right things? now I'm not. I'm still in relationships with a lot of the women that I coached. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it was through working with them and realizing, wow, this is something, there's things that have to be reprogrammed. And I mean, of course, we know there's going to counselors and things like this. But affirmations is something that is big, and I wanted to do something that was guided towards children to start young because I didn't really know. Otherwise, how do I reach the younger generation? Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. What about singing? Point. Because you're also a singer. I am. <laughs> I am. And actually, you guys had inner balance wear up here. We did. Mm-hmm. And I am an ambassador for them. I Excellent. They came to me to write their songs. So I have a song called I Am Me that I wrote for them. And it... Touches on many things as far as um, self love mm-hmm. and 
and knowing that you are enough, you can go up and you can go down, and it's part of being a human being. You can feel joy, you can feel pain, you don't have to attack yourself for it. <laughs> so, yes. Um, so tell everyone where they can get the book. It's on Amazon, right? Yeah, so amazon.com.ca.co.uk. And actually, I'm going to be taking part in Inspiring Kids Convention in Mississauga on October 28th. So if you go to inspiringkidscon.com, you can get information on how to buy the book in person um, on October 28th. Wow. So this is a great Christmas gift, I think. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's a gift for no reason, though, too. Just exactly. buy it because, right? A reminder. It's a... It's, yeah. Yes, it's it's had a, it's had a wonderful response. I've had people buy for their yeah. godchildren, uh, nieces, nephews. Yes. Well, you'll have to come back with the next one. I would be honored. Thank you very much. I would love to. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. (sighs) Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com slash TC or call 416-340-7270. This is 105.9 The Region. are listening to is She's Electric, the brand new single by pop duo Tiger and Bloom. Welcome back to What She Said. Great to see you. Yeah. What a great song. It comes out on the 18th. So thank you for the sneak preview. You both wrote this as a tribute to honor electric women in your lives. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think everyone in their lives has someone that inspires them, Um, whether it's like their humor or when they walk in the room, they just light it up with their confidence and strength. Um, For me, it's my mom and just how she can walk into a room and just like light it up with her kindness and compassion. Um, And I think we all have someone in our life like that. Um, And that's basically what the song is about, just like individual, unique beauty in every woman. And you? Yeah, for me, it was uh, inspired by powerful women in my life that kind of don't take any crap from anyone and and uh 
walk into a room any day and just own it. And they're champions of their own destiny and their own journey. And uh, clearly yeah. he's referring to us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, your sound is very unique. How would you describe it? Man, that's tricky it's a fusion of the two I mean Jay is very rock he has a rock background and you know a bit more grungy and then I'm I come from more of like an R&B kind of jazz Mm -hmm. so it's just a fusion of the two it's it is very unique it's very different and and we we, you know we got a lot of people saying there's a little bit of like an 80s vibe in there Mm -hmm. and and I don't know if that's true or not um I obviously was heavily influenced by the biggest 80s bands some of my favorites are Depeche Mode Mm -hmm. NXS U2 Mm-hmm. All the bands that, you know, I was listening mm-hmm. to when I was one. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, it's okay. I went to school with Michael Hutchins, and so... <laughs> Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. He's my hero. He's my hero. So, yeah, you were, yeah, you were, just, you were just a baby. So what's next for both of you? Releasing music and playing a bunch. Um, we're going to finish up the EP and release mm-hmm. the last two songs, and then uh, we've got a bunch of new music. Yeah, for the rest of 2018, we're going to be trying to release a new song or a new single every single month. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. So where, where can people go to get the single? Uh, on Spotify, mm-hmm. iTunes, YouTube, anywhere anywhere you can find music online. We're on, on social media, so they can And it's... Them. Tiger and Bloom? Tiger and Bloom. Tiger and Bloom is all your social media? Yep. Okay, so that is really cool. And congratulations. Thank you. Um, I'm excited. So thank you both for joining us again today. That is it for What She Said. We will be back again tomorrow at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk and Tiger and Bloom at Tiger and Bloom. And right now, performing She's Electric in our live studio sessions, here is Tiger and Bloom. She's electric in the moment, or she's dangerous. She's electric, she's on fire, so contagious. We can feel it burning, we can feel it burning on and on and on. My heart keeps burning on and on and on. My heart keeps burning. She's in the moment, oh, she's dangerous. She's electric, she's on fire, so contagious. We can feel it burning, we can feel it burning on and on and on. My heart keeps burning on. Love the way you haunt my mind all day and night. Oh, 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 I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my soul. Oh, 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 I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my soul. She's electric in the moment. Oh, she's dangerous. She's electric. She's on fire. So contagious. We can feel it burning. We can feel it burning. On and on and on. My heart keeps burning on. She's 
dangerous. She's electric, she's on fire, so contagious. We can feel it burning, we can feel it burning on and on and on. She's electric in the moment, oh, she's dangerous. She's electric, she's on fire, so contagious. We can feel it burning, we can feel it burning on and on and on. My heart keeps burning on. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.